this account of the transfiguration of Jesus, which we just heard and which we hear every year on this second Sunday of Lent, really gets to the heart of the entire Christian life. It teaches us something very important about God and about our relationship with him. And what it teaches us is this. No matter what is happening in our lives, Christ desires to meet us there. There's never a moment in which we cannot find him. And here's what I mean. The most obvious aspect of this mystery of the transfiguration is the amazing, luminous, glorious experience that these three apostles had there on the mountain. He was transfigured before them, we are told, and his clothes became dazzling white such as no fuller on earth could bleach them. The experience was so overwhelmingly beautiful that we are told Peter, who was never lacking for words, hardly knew what to say. He was so in awe of what he beheld. In our own lives, thanks be to God, we are blessed to experience what we might call transfiguration moments. Moments when there's such joy, even at times to the point that we're rendered speechless. Sometimes that happens in prayer. Maybe when we meet Christ in one of the sacraments or in our own personal prayer, when just the sense of his presence is so palpable and we're so consoled by his closeness. Other times, it's at a key moment in our lives, like marriage or the birth of a child or the moment of retirement after a long career. Sometimes it happens when we're in awe of the beauty of creation, gazing at the majesty of a mountain or the vastness of the sea. And these are moments when we have the opportunity to be with Jesus. They're the clearest moments, perhaps, when we know he's with us. They're glimpses, foretaste of the joy and glory he desires to give us definitively in his kingdom in heaven. But this gospel teaches us also, and just as importantly, maybe even more importantly, that Christ is with us in other moments too. We're so amazed by the, the glory of the moment of the transfiguration that we can forget what happened suddenly, Mark tells us in the gospel. Right after the voice of the Father was heard booming, the evangelist tells us suddenly, looking around, they no longer saw anyone but Jesus alone with them. In an instant, the glory disappeared, and everything was ordinary again. Jesus' face and his clothing were as plainly human as they had been his whole life long. But in the ordinariness, too, what is significant is that they see Jesus there, alone with them. This is the vast majority of our lives, isn't it? Those transfiguration moments tend to be rather few and far between. Most days are pretty mundane, pretty ordinary. And if we're not careful, we can forget that Christ wants to meet us in that as well, to remain with us in the ordinariness. We can think that the transfiguration moments are the God moments, 
but he slips away in the monotony in between. But it's not the case at all. Our Lord, in the ordinariness of his human appearance on earth, reminds us of this. And lastly, if we pay attention to how this gospel scene is framed, we learn one final thing about life in Christ. Immediately before this, in a passage that we didn't hear proclaimed in the gospel at Holy Mass tonight, our Lord predicted his own agony and passion, that he would suffer and die. And he made clear to his apostles that they too would have to take up their own cross if they are to follow him. That's right before this. And then at the end of today's gospel, Jesus comes back to that. He tells the apostles not to tell anyone what they had seen until he had risen from the dead. Again, he speaks about that which is most fearful and awful in our human experience, suffering and death. And yet, he is in that too. The cross reminds us that Christ is with us in our suffering and even in the mystery of death. He freely chose to enter into these painful realities of our broken, fallen world so that even in our suffering, we might know that he's not abandoned us, that we can find him there too. You see, there's absolutely no moment in our lives when there's not an opportunity to meet the Lord. Whether we are rejoicing in glory, slogging through the ordinary, or crying out in suffering, he's with us. So perhaps the most important question is, how do we find him in every moment? It's obvious maybe in those transfiguration moments, but how do we find him in the ordinariness? How do we find him in the suffering? I think the answer lies in our first reading today with Abraham. The answer lies in a simple five-letter word that can be so difficult to live. Trust. Abraham heard God ask him to do something completely nonsensical. To sacrifice his son. And the fact that it was his son was bad enough, but this was his only son, the one through whom Abraham expected God to fulfill his promise to raise up a great nation of many descendants. And here God was asking him to sacrifice him. Who would blame Abraham at this moment for giving up, throwing in the towel, walking away, saying, I think I'll go find a different God to worship. But he didn't. He trusted Abraham knew God. He knew God to be good. And he trusted that even if God allowed him to go through with this, that he could raise his son Isaac even from the dead. And so he trusted. And that's what we must learn to do. Abraham is our father in faith because he models for us this radical trust. In glory... In those transfiguration moments, we're invited to trust that that is but a little glimpse, a tiny foretaste of the unimaginable joys that await us in heaven. In the mundane, we're invited to trust 
that what seems so very ordinary is actually one more way that God is leading us along that slow, gradual path to holiness. And in suffering, in our agonies, we're invited to trust. To trust that great fruit is born when we cling to Christ on the cross. And so as we meet Christ Jesus here in this Holy Mass, as he's once again made truly present to us in the Holy Eucharist, as he appears to us here in the most ordinary way, under the appearance of mere bread and wine, let's draw grace from him to grow in trust. Whether we come before him this evening on the mountain of glory, in the plains of ordinariness, or in the valley of suffering, let's place our trust in him, confident that he is with us, that he is for us. And if God is for us, who can be against us? St. Patrick, pray for us.